Hey neighbors, Adam here. If you didn't know, My Neighbors Are Dead has a Patreon where you can now find weekly bonus content only available to our patrons. Want to hear interviews with our guests and their connection to horror? How about commentaries on the horror films we're currently watching? Patreon is a place for all that and more. So if you want to support the show while getting yourself exclusive bonus content, head on over to www.patreon.com slash my neighbors are dead. That's www.patreon.com slash my neighbors are dead. Thanks for listening. And now on to the show. Uh, welcome back to another episode of My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock, and we're all familiar with the big names in horror, Freddy, Jason, the Toluca Lake monster. Uh, but we're not familiar with the ones just outside the tear. And ladies and gentlemen, throughout the show, we have talked to many guests who have been a bit of an inspiration for me, who who are kind of taking part in things bigger than themselves to try to better not only themselves, but the world around them. And this week is no different. I traveled all the way to New York to talk to very old Satanist Everesta Augusta von Schooner Benson. We found a really nice spot in Central Park. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock. And earlier this summer, I got to go to my home state of Michigan to delve into the events of the Camp Whitlow Lake Massacre. And I had such a fun time on the road, I thought I should do more of it. You know, for years, I've been asking people if they found a place okay. And I figured now it's time for me to start going out to people. And that's exactly what I'm doing in an effort to get to know our guests a little better. I'm hitting the road, coming to you from all places all across the world and I'm starting off in what is considered maybe to be the greatest city in the world. I'm here in New York. I'm sitting on a bench in Central Park. And joining me this week is Everesta Augusta Von Schooner Benson. Everesta, thank you for joining me. No, thank you for having me. It's so fun to talk to someone uh, with so much youth and vigor. I don't get to come to Central Park very often, but I, oh. I, I love it here. This is so much fun. I'm a, I'm a, huge, I'm a huge Beatles fan. Oh, the, oh, you were a fan of the Beatles. They're love cute. the Beatles. Yeah, they're yeah. They're cute. And you know what? Um, one of them, I think, is one of us, if you know what I mean. Well, I think I do know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, I guess I can just put it right there out on Front Street. Everesta, you are a, um, you're an old Satanist. <laughs> yes. Oh, I am. I've been one for a while. And I guess you could say I'm old. <laughs> uh, with the help of my Lord and Master, I have been mm-hmm. around here for more decades than most people will get to be. So, yes, I'm not offended. I thought I would be, but no, that's fine. I think some people say being a New Yorker is a religion unto itself. Do you think uh, being a being a Satanist has enhanced your experience of being a New Yorker, or your you know being a you new or being a New Yorker has enhanced your experience of being a Satanist? I'll be honest with you. I put a little curse on you. That's why you said it that way. So I'm I, sorry. I'll try. I to thought do it again. something was weird. I thought something was weird. I'm a little shit sometimes. I just like to have fun. So yeah, um, you know, I think it probably goes both ways. So. To be in this city, I was mm-hmm. able to find people who were like-minded. And that is, uh, I would say, a blessing, but it's been a wonderful curse. And, sure. And, you know, being a Satanist, of course, it has enhanced uh, my experience of being a New Yorker because I have access to places most people wouldn't, including, sure. you know, again, I'm 111 freaking years old. And so I've seen a lot of changes uh, go around in the city. And most of them have been from my perspective, positive, positive and changes. 
so you're from New York, yeah? Oh, yeah. I'm from Born Long Island. Raised. So Long Island originally. But I've been in Manhattan now for about 60 years. What are some of the big changes that you've noticed about New York City? You say you've seen things change, mostly for the positive. So what oh, are sure. some of the things that have really stood out to you over your long time here in the city? Sure. Well, when I was younger, you know, the buildings got bigger. Uh, and that's continued to happen. I really like um, the attitude. A lot of people have a very like, uh, move out of my way <laughs> sort of attitude. And I think that's yeah. cute um, because I feel the same way. And it makes me feel at home that everyone's sort of looking out for themselves. That's what we're here for. Um, and in terms of like, you know, I think it's funny when people get really angry about uh, gentrification, for example. It's just like, well, you know, uh, if people are annoyed, then I'm happy. <laughs> I just think it's cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're really putting out the vibe there for those people. And I think, you know, you found a great spot in New York. It's a great place to do it. It is. Yeah, it's great. So what, you know, what drew you to your Lord and Savior, your, your Lord and Savior, Satan? You know, because I, I can say, remember. Oh, yeah, please go ahead. So Savior is not a word we would use because, you know, we save ourselves. Um, and there's his his little stupid little brother. Um I guess older brother uh, likes to call himself a savior, but that's not really what sure. we're about. I would say Lord and master because mm -hmm. he has provided me with so much. So what drew me to him? Well, I was born, you know, in the early part of the 20th century when mm -hmm. women weren't free to do what they might want to do. You know, sure. Sure. Uh, I, 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 I didn't have the freedom to, you know, just go to a party and, and do what I wanted with whoever I wanted all night long or or all day the next day. And uh, so I, I, I ran into, um, I was about, let's see, 35 years old at this point. I had been a teacher. I hated it. My, mm -hmm. my students hated it. I'd been married thrice. My husband all hated it. Two of them didn't survive it. And uh, I met this woman named Laura Louise. And she was a, a frumpy old bat. But she introduced me to some people who were who who thought the same way that I did. And mm -hmm. they told me that the reason that they were so free-spirited was that they'd found Satan, okay? And that mm -hmm. uh, people like me could be freed if we just followed him. And it was true. It was true. We helped so him. So you, yeah. you had led a whole life before oh. arriving at, you know, your new life. A whole life, yes. And, you know, you know, I will tell you something. This is a little embarrassing, but something sure. that drew me to our Lord and Master is that they did tell me he was coming in the form of a baby. And I think babies are so cute. I just couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't say no. They said, you know, he's coming in the form of a baby. He is going to be small. He's going to cry. He's mm -hmm. going to need help. He's going to need to be fed. He's going to need to be held and rocked. And I said, oh, okay, I'm in. A baby who's all powerful. I have a soft spot. I have a soft spot for little tiny things. Well, I think that's the problem with babies is that they're just so cute. They're that and so puppies. Cute. Oh, puppies. Don't get me started. And now people think, oh, you're a Satanist. You eat babies. You eat puppies. No, I don't. Some do. I don't. Okay. There are vegans who are Satanists. And, you know, that's gross too. But they, you well, know. I we, was going to say, I mean. Yeah, there's Catholics and Christians who eat puppies and babies. I mean, that's just, that's not exclusive to a certain religion. It's not. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yes. I, yeah, so, I, yeah. I just, yeah. Thank you. I, I, you know, I feel comfortable here. So, um, yeah, it was, it was really the baby thing, I guess. Uh, and uh, admittedly, I, very cute. 
very cute. And uh, I don't know, his eyes, that baby's eyes, they were devastating, horrifying, awful in the best way. And um, I saw them and I'd already been, you know, I was on board, but I yeah. saw them and then I was hooked. Yeah. Is that sort of what drew you to the Bramford? Could you feel some sort of, I guess, connection or drawing or, or yearning to be in that building? There's a powerful energy at the Bramford, mm-hmm. and it was a place where you can tell, you know, um, people are, they're fucking and sucking, they're killing. Sure. They're, um, they're, they're, uh, they're doing what they want. And then, you know, I, I meet, I, I, that's, that's where Laura Louise lived. And so she brought mm-hmm. me there. Um, and yeah, you could tell that at night, if you look a certain way, you could see the storm clouds gathering when it's not going to rain. You right. can see uh, a strange light about the mm-hmm. place and you can smell strange smells. I could smell a uh, strange fire and brimstone smells. And I was like, I'm home. This is where I belong. Yeah. Nice. I think that's a good thing. You know, when I first moved to Chicago, they said, get yourself a landlord that's really good. That's the mm-hmm. best part. No matter how crappy your building is, you got to have that one thing that really connects you to it and draws you to it. In Chicago, right. it's your landlord. And in New York, and not even in New York, but in your case, it's the devil. And I, I think that's very, you're very lucky that you found that. Thank you. Yes, I feel very, very uh, chosen, I guess I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunate. So yeah. what's, you know, this this might be fun. So what do me a favor if you'd be so kind. Mm. Can you dispel a couple of maybe negative stereotypes about New Yorkers and Satanists? Because I think what you said, when you think of a New Yorker, you think very much like, hey, get out of my way. I'm walking here from, you know. Mm. And then when you think of the when you think of Satanists, the the common misconception is like you said, baby eating, puppy eating, you Correct. know, uh fucking and sucking, trying to take over the world. Correct. So what are could you dispel what are two things you could like let us know about Satanists and New Yorkers that we might not know. Oh, sure. Um, well, for one thing, uh, <laughs> New Yorkers are very, uh, really, they're bo- they're boring. They just like what they like. They like to be around what they like to be around. Some of them yeah. don't leave their block, and they don't need to, and that's fine. That means mm-hmm. I don't have to see them at the opera, um, and I don't want to. And then uh, about Satanists, we love the opera. Are you kidding me? Look. Sure. Uh, I like things that make people feel like Ooh, how do I say this? People who made me feel like I wasn't welcome. I like for them to feel stupid and unwelcome. And the opera does that for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I say that as somebody who's never been to the opera, though. And I, I think that's 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 my fault. Well, you know, if it makes you feel stupid, does that fill my cup a little? A little bit. But, you know, I, I also like you. And so... I would take you one day. I'd be happy to. You could go on my arm. Oh, I could bring a young a young gentleman on my arm to the opera. Oh, what a good night that would be. I would love to go. I think it's right. something that I need to do uh, mm-hmm. just for my own cultural well-being. I think it's it's something that, that I've missed out on. You'd love it. If you love it, I'd be happy. If you hated it, again, it fills my cup a little bit because I'm a little bit of a little shit. But so I'm, I'm kind of happy no matter what. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the thing about Satanists that maybe people don't know is that it's mm-hmm. usually a win-win for you guys. Like, it that's is. great. Yeah, you know, anything could be anything. Everything could be good. Everything could be bad. I'm here just to take, I'm, I'd like to take over. I'd like to be powerful. But, you sure. know, hate is powerful. Love is powerful. Uh, hunger is powerful. Being full is powerful. I'll, you know, you can find you can find power in anything if you're smart. 
you know, I've I've often thought about that, Everesta, as a kid. Mm-hmm. What would I do if I, you know, if I ruled the world? What would I do? And mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do. I mean, I think for the most part, I think I would just try to leave people alone and, you know, give everybody enough of what they needed to just live a happy, quiet life. And, you know, that's what I would do. What would you do if you did attain all the all-powerful status that you just referred to? Oh, certainly. If I rose to be, for example, on the throne next to our Lord and Master. Correct. I mean, I would continue to probably do a lot of what I do already, which is just sort of like, I like to do my thing. I like to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I like to see new things. So I would travel all over the place. Um, and then I would probably just, you know... I would insert myself. I'm a little bit of a busybody. So I kind of like to to worm my way into people's lives mm-hmm. and just change things <laughs> for the better, for the worse. I just like to see that what I do affects them in a way that will they'll never get over. So for example, yeah. April Fool's Day. It's my favorite day. April Fool's Day would be every day of the year if That's, I ruled. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Pranks yeah, that would be fun. I went to high. I went to to elementary school. The girl who loved pranks and April Fool's Day was always her favorite. So yeah, I think that would be fun. Oh, wait, what's her name? Uh, Sarah Denny. I know her. She's what good. really? Oh yeah, she's one of us. Wow. Yeah. Is she? I figured sure. that she might have been. Yeah, sure, sure. I I took her under my wing for a little while. She's still really young. Really young something- girl. Is she? Wow. Because this there was a kid. He fell on the bus and he hit his head real hard. And I remember that her parents were outside the bus and she they were just laughing. Oh, like, that's so. funny. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Was this? Oh, in Eastern Michigan. Oh, yeah. my God. That's hilarious because um, <laughs> I was on a trip because I wanted to tour every pancake house in the United States. Sure. And, of course. Yeah, of course. And um, because they're good. And I wanted to use the boysenberry syrup at every one, mm-hmm. not the maple. Um. And I, that's where I met her. I could tell, you know, I found her at what, what, like uh, a Perkins or something like, do you have a Perkins? Well, oh, yeah, like sure that. we do. Yeah, we got all kinds. Yeah, Perkins. Sure. Yeah. I don't remember all the names of these silly little places. There's just too many. Of, there's too many. I was at one. Yeah. I saw her. Um, it was one that has a Pac-Man machine. And she was, uh, she was putting a quarter in with a string mm-hmm. attached and pulling it back out. And I said, I, I like this kid. And so I sort of took her under my wing. I remember that day. Yeah, I had, I had. <laughs> I gave her a little rock. It was like in the shape of a sheet seashell. And I said, just throw this and see what happens. See where it lands. Yeah. It hit, yeah. It hit that kid. He fell down. <laughs> she was a good, she had a good arm. I wonder that what she's inc- doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, that's, I, it really comes full circle because for years, I know a lot of people were traumatized by that. I wasn't, I didn't oh. like the kid who fell. So I was grateful that you, that Sarah did that. And by proxy, you did that. So thank you for, you made my life better by that. Oh, well, that makes me happy. And it makes me happy that I made his life worse. I did something. And she, she did too. So Ever Estra, I guess, I so I don't want to get too philosophically here, but I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask this because for so long, I grew up Catholic and I, I'm not that anymore. Same. And for years I had heard about, you know, there's, there's a battle for your soul between God and the devil. And, you know, the, the devil's always trying to win your soul and this battle's going on. I've always found that a little far-fetched because I figured the war would be over by now if I understand God the way that I think I do. So, Ever Esther, is that a real thing, that war? And if so, is there an end date in sight? Do we have a ceasefire coming up anytime soon? Because I, I think that would be really great if that was over. You know, listen, I'm not a politician, so I'm not going to name some date that we're going to pull the troops out and then it's not going to happen and everyone's going to be mad. 
So that's not my job. Uh, but no, that's I, responsible. I, you know, th- thank you. Uh, I would say no, the, that war is still ongoing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still here. Listen, I'm older. And and mostly I, I, I'd like to say I'm retired from, you know, we brought Satan into the world and uh, made flesh. And he's been granting us, you know, what we need since then. Um, so I'm not so much on, on the recruitment end anymore. I'm not knocking on doors you know, anymore. I'm not going to Pac-Man quarter girls and put them under my wing anymore. Sure, sure. Uh, but I will say that there's others doing that important work and I mm-hmm. am so grateful to them. So no ceasefire in sight. And I hope that doesn't, you know, ruin your day. But if it does, <laughs> okay, that's kind of cute. I um, yeah. yeah, I don't think anybody, unfortunately for you, Everest, I don't think that that would upset anybody listening to this because, you know, I got to be honest, your side just sounds way more fun. It is more fun. And that's the thing is like, it doesn't have to be a war if everyone would just say, oh, hey, we, I want to do what I want. Oh, OK. Well, sure. If I hurt somebody, then that's their problem. And if they yeah. hurt me, well, then I'll shoot them with a BB gun in the butt. <laughs> I've done that a couple times. So you guys are so understanding and you're so yeah. welcoming. And it just I don't feel like that exists on the other side. Thank you. I agree with you. Yes, I agree with you. Now, listen, are we doing Habitat for Humanity out here? We're not. And so that's. That's on us. You know, that's not the kind of outreach we're doing because I, I, I just I, I'm a Satanist. You know, I'm not sure. a good person. Um, But yeah, it's more fun for sure. That's why I'm here. Well, Everest, that's the macro sense of of the of the of the world. Let's talk about the micro sense. We're sitting sure. here on a bench in Central Park in New York. What is your favorite thing about being out here? I mean, honestly, I like to look at the little babies there. And people do it. They have puppies, too. And they're so cute. Uh, mm-hmm. They they walk by. I throw them little pieces of bread and they eat it. And then people are like, oh, this old lady throwing bread at my baby. But they like it. And uh, sometimes, you know, once I was actually here um, over by the, well, over there by the playgrounds. And this mom, her kid fell off the jungle gym. And she was like, oh, my God, I have to help him. Somebody hold my baby. I got to hold a baby. I don't know what happens, but uh, the baby was so cute. See, that's a win-win because a kid got hurt who is no longer a baby. And I think Mm -hmm. we can all agree that once they stop being babies, they're just, yeah, Yeah. who gives a shit? And you got to hold a baby. Oh, great day. It was a great 20 minutes. I sang it a lot of songs. I think I'll be hearing from that baby. That's, that's, I I will recruit the little tiny ones because they're just, the little faces. So it just seems so fun. It just seems such a like such a rewarding existence. I mean, watching a kid fall while holding a cuter kid is just I it sounds great. There's nothing better, really. No, I would agree. And I'm so you're so understanding. Some people I've done other interviews where I'll tell you what, they have really read me the riot act. And mm-hmm. uh so they're cursed. It's the right call. I think it's Thank the you. absolute right call to curse them. Uh, I'm going to let you get out of here, Everest, but uh, just quick, off the top of your head, something mm-hmm. I'm going to try asking my guest. If you could go back in your life and change one thing, if you have one regret, what is that one thing? Oh, great question. Um, and it's a trick question because, well, it's a trick answer because Satanists don't, we don't regret anything. I don't regret anything. Well, you know what? I regret, no, no, I don't. I was going to say not bringing him flesh sooner but no that was his time again I, I, so positive i've had a great run i, I just like it here you know huh? well Everestra augusta von schooner benson you are a delight hail satan uh yeah. and you know 
you're 111. I think you've earned some time off. So, Thank you know, you. enjoy it. Thank you. I'm going to go to the uh, Cheesecake Factory now. So. Well, thanks for joining day. me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock. The show was produced by myself and Nate Dufort with Ryan Counts House with editing done by Nate Dufort. Original music was composed by Jesse Case with additional music by Dane Halverson. And our artwork was done by Mark Nishan. I want to thank Aaron Rain for coming by and playing Everesta Augusta Von Schooner Benson. If you want to catch more of Aaron, you can catch her on her podcast. She is the co-host of the Mystery County Monster Hunters Club. Get that wherever you get your podcasts and follow her on Instagram. You can find her at that Aaron Rain. If you like the show and you want to support us, go to www.patreon.com slash my neighbors are dead, where you can find new weekly bonus content only available to our Patreon patrons. If you have yet to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to do so now. It helps us grow and it helps new neighbors find the show. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at My Neighbors Are Dead and on Twitter at My Dead Neighbors. Stop by, give us a follow, and share your favorite episodes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Imagine a podcast. Now, imagine a musical. Now. Imagine the two of them made one million babies. Well, you don't have to imagine it, because it's real, and it has a name. One Million Musicals. Each month, we bring you a brand new, original podcast musical featuring talent from across Broadway, films, and TV. You'll hear tales of spooky ghosts, Wild West shootouts, adventures on the high seas, and much, much more. One million musicals. Only a few hundred thousand to go. A Campfire Media Podcast. Campfire.